Welcome to the Danny Picard Show on the Podcast One Network. It is Friday, October 11th, 2019. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will react to the Patriots' win over the Giants on Thursday Night Football. I will also preview the rest of Week 6 in the NFL while giving you picks, picks, five games against the spread, as I do every week. I also have some thoughts on the NBA, the Major League Baseball postseason, and a pro wrestling event that I attended the other night over at BU, over at Boston University, inside Aganis Arena. It's All Elite Wrestling, AEW. Now, if you're not a wrestling fan, you might not know what AEW is, but um, I went to their event. They gave me some tickets, and uh, I did not have a great time. I actually left early. I will tell you why I left early. I will tell you why I did not have a great time. I'll tell you what happened all of it today. Presented by BetOnline. Sign up for a free account at BetOnline.ag by using promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1. For a 50% sign-up bonus, and we have the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge going strong for the second straight year. Uh, I am going up against the likes of Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shaquille O'Neal, Adam Carolla, Chael Sonnen, just to name a few. You can check out the standings. We make NFL picks every week. Go check out the standings and our picks for week six at Podcast One Sportsnet. Dot com. I keep firing back at some guy. I shouldn't say firing back. I keep firing at people in this podcast one Sportsnet challenge, but they don't want to respond to me. They want nothing to do with the trash talk coming back at me. Stone Cold Steve Austin. I fired at him. Fired at him last night. I can't say fired back at him because I'm not responding to them. I need them to fire back at me. So that's why I'm throwing the initial shots out there. Uh, but again. PodcastOneSportsNet.com, and it's all presented by Bet Online. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C. Play for free this Sunday in the $1.3 million play action contest for Week 6 in the NFL. $1.3 million in total prizes, $100,000 going to first place, and again, you can play for free in that contest by signing up right now using promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show as week six in the NFL is underway. Uh, I will get to the Patriots-Giants in just a few moments. Patriots with the 35-14 to win over the Giants. That is a cover. They covered the spread, 16 and a half. I always stay away from Thursday Night Football. Doesn't matter if... I, now, it, did I think the Patriots would cover the spread? Yeah, I did. But it's Thursday night football. I think if you're going to bet Thursday night football, I think you are taking a huge risk because it's such a short week for these guys. It's such a strange schedule during the week, during this shortened week, where basically you're treating Tuesday like a Friday. And, you know, you just really can never predict what's going to happen on Thursday night. It could be sloppy. It could be high scoring. It could be low scoring sloppiness. Uh, and factor in the weather that we're having here in New England right now. I just, that was a hard stay away for me. 
I did not go near that game last night. But if you did and you picked the Patriots minus 16 and a half, then you got a big win there. Uh, you got a nice cover. A cover that you probably was you probably nervous about it. I mean, this game was 14 to 14 at one point in the first half. And the Giants, you know, Golden Tate, he makes that catch. And you're like, here we go again with the Giants making these catches. I tweeted out, those white Giants jerseys, those white Giants uniforms make me sick to my stomach. They make me sick to my stomach. I couldn't wait till that game was over last night. Couldn't wait till that game was over because I cannot stand looking at those Giants white uniforms because it's just a constant reminder of the Super Bowls. They wore the white jerseys in both of those Super Bowls, right? Both Super Bowls, they beat the Patriots. They wore the white. They did, right? Yeah, they did. Both. And it, they, it, I just can't watch them. Because every time I look at those jerseys, those stupid white Giants jerseys with the stupid blue helmet, that stupid shiny Giants blue helmet, <laughs> I, I just get sick to my stomach. And it, I, I think that I'm watching like some Super Bowl highlight. And you're just expecting things to go wrong when you see those uniforms. And then when they start to go wrong, you know, Golden Tate makes that catch. All of a sudden, you know, the fumble and the touchdown and... This game was tied at one point. If you did take the 16, you know, the minus 16 and a half, the Patriots, you picked the Patriots as a 16 and a half point favorite. Uh, you were probably pretty concerned at one point. Was I concerned that the Patriots were ever going to lose that game? No, but I couldn't wait till it was over because I cannot stand looking at those Giants uniforms. I feel like I'm watching this highlight from the Super Bowls. But um, there's a lot to talk. This is an action, action-packed show. There's a lot of NFL to get to. Uh, the, you know, the sports world right now is wrapped up in a larger story. And it has to do with the NBA. The NBA, this is kind of a, and it, you know, it's a crazy story because of the attention that it's getting. I mean, you have the president, you know, talking about this. You have, this, this has to do with, this has to do with the NBA and China. And so, I look, I'm not going to make this political for you today. I, I never make this political, and I'm never going to, right? Even though I might joke about some things sometimes and think something's funny or, or something is outrageous, like, it's never political. It's just from an entertainment perspective, as someone, you know, you come to my show to get the thoughts and opinions that lead to the escape from the political madness. And I'm always going to give that to you. I'm, I'm never going to get involved in the political madness. You know, unfortunately... We live in a world in which a lot of times now this stuff gets intertwined. You know, it, it, now we have the NBA versus China. Or, or as the NBA is trying to make it, the NBA and China. They're trying to keep it. They're trying to keep China involved from uh, a, a money perspective. That's what it's all about. I'm not going political. I'm just going real life. I'm going realistic on you. This NBA China story is about one thing and one thing only, money. And it was started from a tweet. <laughs> the craziest things in the world begin with tweets. They do. They begin with tweets. And Rockets GM, Daryl Morey, he tweeted, he tweeted out, what was it, last week or a week and a half ago? He sent out a tweet that was in support of the Hong Kong protests. I'm not gonna sit. Again, I'm not gonna sit here and get involved in in, in politics and all that. Um, but the Hong Kong protests, if you've been paying attention to that, then you know you could 
you could understand why China might not be in favor of somebody sending out a tweet that supports the Hong Kong protest. Well, that's what Daryl Morey did. He's the GM of the Houston Rockets. And when he did that, you know, China, like I said, obviously wasn't happy. And right now, the NBA, they're over there doing preseason stuff, media availability. But the news today is that there will be no more media availability because the NBA doesn't want to answer questions on their relationship with China anymore. And they're getting bombarded with questions because what the NBA is now doing is they are basically telling everybody that all they care about is money. They don't care about what's going on in China. They don't care about, they really don't care about the Hong Kong protests. They care about money. What I'm telling you right now is not political. It's just real life. I'm not getting political on you here. I'm just not. But everybody in the sports world right now, specifically in the NBA world, but it's a national story and it really is the top story in the world of sports. Everybody's getting so worked up about this, but they're wasting their time because nothing is going to change. The NBA does not want to lose money. Like every professional sports league. Every professional sports league does the same thing. They don't want to lose money. And so, right now, the NBA, even if it means bending the knee to a communist country, they're going to do it if, as long as they think they're losing money if they don't. They do not want to lose money. That's all this is about. It's always about money, and it always will be that will never change. That will never change. And, you know, I, I wish that somebody, and they don't want to answer questions about it anymore. They don't want to be asked questions about it. I don't think the questions are going to go away. But I don't think they're going to answer them. I would love for somebody to come out and say, well, it's really just about money. Because we all know that. Or at least you should know that. If you don't, if you don't know that by now, I mean, you, like, if people, if people are taking, look, they're taking the hardcore political stances on this. I'm not taking a political stance. Taking a realistic stance, which is that this is about money and that's it. And it's always going to be about money. And, and leagues will continue to bend the knee to the, peop- to the people who are giving them the money. To the people that help them make money. That's it. It's never going to change. So what are you going to waste your time arguing about it? Right? It's a controversial talking point. Anything that is somewhat political is going to be a controversial talking point because you get, you get two parties that are taking extreme views, especially now in 2019. And nobody's ever going to meet in the middle. But the real-life common ground or the real-life, um, you know, the one thing that this is about that won't change regardless of what either side wants to argue about is that this is about money and the NBA is going to do everything they can like every other professional sports league to make sure they don't lose that money, right? Or to make sure they could keep, you know, if they did burn some type of bridge with China, they don't want to burn it completely because they don't want to lose all that money. Did I know that there was this strong relationship with China to the point that the NBA would have to bend the knee to a communist country because they would be that concerned about losing that much money? No, I didn't know that. I didn't know there was that much money. But apparently there is. But maybe there's not even like an exact amount that... They just don't want want to lose any money. (laughs) Like, they don't want to lose anything. The more money they can make, the better. It doesn't doesn't matter about politics, but the problem is, here's the problem with the NBA. You've had a lot of NBA players speaking out about political situations. It would be refreshing to me, and I'm not even telling them they have to answer to this, because because I get it. I get it, but it would be refreshing if somebody did come out and go, 
Well, you know, let's be honest here, guys. This is a professional sports league, and it's all about money. And if we lose money, that's a bad thing. And we will do anything to make more money. Or at least to not lose money. We will do anything. As a league, as a sport, um, as a player, or a coach, or a GM, or an owner. We don't want to lose money. Even if, even if it means having to bend the knee to a communist country, we, will, we do not want to lose money. I wish someone would come out and say it. Steve Kerr should be the one that comes out and says it. I, look, Steve Kerr can say whatever he wants. I'm not telling Steve Kerr to stick to sports. I'm not. Say whatever you want. I don't care. Anything that Steve Kerr... You know, you, you don't have to... If you don't like a professional athlete or a professional or a coach or a GM or an owner, if you don't like their opinion on something, you don't even have to listen to it. People get so worked up about this stuff, things that Steve Kerr has said in the past. Do you really care what Steve Kerr has to say about anything? <laughs> right? Even basketball related. I, I don't care. Because Steve Kerr could be fired tomorrow as coach of the Warriors, and I still think Steph Curry would put the Warriors in position to do something special this season. So who cares what Steve Kerr has to say about anything? The problem is Steve Kerr came out. Steve Kerr's been taking some heat because he doesn't want to answer questions on this. But the problem is he, he usually speaks his mind about things that are not basketball related. He usually speaks his mind on things that are happening in the political world, right? He usually does. He's very critical of this country. I'm not saying he's right or wrong with that, but that's that. the fact of the matter is he is critical. He does speak his mind. He doesn't stick to sports. So here's a quote from Steve Kerr yesterday. He says, quote, The same people who are asking me to stick to sports are also asking me to expand my horizons. End quote. And he's responding to people now criticizing him because he won't answer questions about the NBA bending the knee to communist China. And people are like, well, you talk about everything else. Why won't you talk about this? Why won't you talk about this? And he's he's like, I I don't know enough about it. That's That's what he said. And so he's taking some heat for that. The problem with this quote, if he doesn't want to talk about it, don't talk about it. I get it. It's about money. It's tough for you to come out and say that. People are going to call you a fraud for that. They're going to call other NBA players who speak out about stuff. You call them a fraud. Whatever. You know, it doesn't, doesn't bother me one bit. Here's what bothers me. That quote that I just gave you from yesterday. He's feeling the heat. He's feeling the pressure. He's hearing the critics. He's got the president coming after him. I mean, you know, that probably makes him happy, though, right? Again, this is not political. Don't take this political. I'm I'm not siding either way with anything. I'm just telling you this is what's happening. Steve Kerr, this quote, I have a problem with this quote from him when he says, quote, the same people who are asking me to stick to sports are also asking me to expand my horizons. The problem with that is, you don't ever stick to sports. <laughs> so, so when you never stick to sports and you always do expand your horizons when it comes to what's going on between your ears and you let that out to the media, politically, you know, what's going on in this country, what's going on around the world. He was the GM of the Phoenix Suns in 2010 and there was a new, a new law in Arizona 
on immigration. And he responded to that as the GM of the Phoenix Suns on this new Arizona immigration law. And he compared it to Nazi Germany. Steve Kerr. So you can't say he ignores all worldviews and opinions. So here's the problem with Steve Kerr's quote yesterday. When he says, quote, the same people who are asking me to stick to sports are also asking me to expand my horizons. And quote, he is firing back at the people criticizing him for saying, hey, Steve, you talk about everything else. Why won't you talk about this? When it's clear and obvious that the NBA is bending the knee to a communist country because they don't want to lose money. Is that okay? Is that right? Steve, your thoughts. And he's like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to get into that. And he's taking heat from that. And his response for taking heat for that, he says, it's funny, the same people asking me to stick to sports are also now, now they're interested in me expanding my horizons. Well, the problem with that quote, Steve, you sound like an idiot because you never stick to sports. <laughs> right? So don't they have a point? People that want your opinion? You never stick to sports. What are you talking about? You sound like an idiot. So maybe Steve Kerr's just not all that bright. Maybe he's just not a smart dude. It would be refreshing to me, though, if he was like, you know what? It's pretty clear that we don't want to lose money as a league. And that's it. You guys can all see it. You know, you, I don't think you guys are idiots. It's pretty clear we don't want to lose money as a league. And that's what's going on right now. You know, we're trying to save as much money as we can because of GM... He uh, tweeted out in support of the Hong Kong protests. You know? It would be refreshing if someone said that. I haven't heard that yet. And if somebody has said it, you know, send it to me. I'm on Twitter, at Danny Picard. This is, and again, this isn't, this isn't political. This is just the, what, the, this is the top story in the sports world. The NBA is trying not to lose money. And um, the NBA doesn't want to talk about it. Because it's kind of an awkward conversation. Why? Because it's kind of a bad look. But does it fire me up? Not really. You know why it doesn't fire me up? And this has nothing to do with politics. It's just the reality of it is these leagues are never going to change. They're going to do everything they can to make as much money as they can and everything they can to not lose any money. And if they are losing money in certain situations, they're going to do things to make sure they don't lose any more of it. It's not just the NBA. It's every league. It's the NFL, too. It's the NFL as well. Colin Kaepernick, you think he couldn't be be a quarterback in the National Football League right now? Colin Kaepernick's representatives sent out some type of press release yesterday, on Thursday, and they detailed Colin Kaepernick's current quest to return to the NFL. And they've basically, in it, they basically said, Nobody wants him. Nobody even wants to give him a workout. He's been working out five days a week for three years trying to get back to being a quarterback in the NFL, yet no team wants to work him out. They sent out this release yesterday. Go read it. It's detailed. Um, do I believe it? Yeah, I believe it. And they, they go into detail on the one team that actually met with Colin Kaepernick. The Seattle Seahawks. But they just had a meeting. The Seahawks don't really need him. They got Russell Wilson. You know, I think if you're going to bring Kaepernick in, you're probably a team that's looking for a starting quarterback. Are there teams looking for a starting quarterback? 
Uh, yeah, you got a team in the Pittsburgh Steelers that's going with Devlin Hodges. Do you know him? He's the third string. He's the third string. Because their first two are hurt. Their first two quarterbacks are hurt. Not even a workout? So, you know, you know, so the Colin Kaepernick thing is he, he should be a quarterback in the NFL. Here's the problem. The NFL doesn't even, they don't even want to get involved in it. Why? Because they don't want to lose money. Their fear is that they bring Kaepernick in and all of a sudden, you know, sponsors might drop out. Advertisers for the team or in the league, they might, you know, they might drop out. You know, they don't want anybody um, kneeling for the national anthem or even thinking about it. You know, the NFL is, is, is a, they're ultimately afraid of losing money. That's, that's all it's about. That's all it's about. I, I think the sooner that we all realize that, maybe we won't waste our time on, you know, well, why, why is the NBA, why are they doing this? The NBA is going to go on. They're going to play meaningful games this year. They're going to have playoffs. They're going to have the NBA Finals. You know, and they're going to have a partnership with China. That's it. That's it. The NFL is going to go on. There's going to be teams that need NFL quarterbacks. It's never going to be Colin Kaepernick being one of those starting quarterbacks. And the league will go on. They'll make money. That's it. Yeah. If you don't realize that by now, if you're getting all worked up about this stuff, it's like, you know, it's never going to change. It is never going to change. You know why? Because money's not going anywhere. And uh, until we live in a day where you don't need money to survive or don't need money to be successful, then maybe things will change. But that's not going to change. We'll always need money. And this is coming from someone who has none of it <laughs> and can tell you for sure it matters. It certainly matters to people who can't get enough of it. And that's the NBA, that's the NFL, and that's every league. Man, that's 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 every league. You don't want to lose money. So the NBA and China, they they will continue with a partnership because um, it's about money. I didn't realize or understand that it was that big of a deal and there was that much money coming in, but apparently there is. Apparently there is. So that's the top story, right? That's the top story in the sports world. And, um... You know, it, it, there's a lot of drama. People love bringing, getting politics involved, and, and I hate it. I hate it because I, I hate talking politics. I hate, you know, I pay attention to it, but it's so extreme on both sides, and I'm just like somewhere in the middle going, really? You feel that way? You feel that way? This person said this publicly? Like, this is insane. Is this Earth? Are we living on planet Earth? Are the aliens here yet? <laughs> I think that's why I'm so interested in UFO stuff lately. Because the stuff going on with humans right now in general is kind of insane. Is kind of insane. But I will say this. When you understand, when now that I am learning that China is such a big moneymaker for the NBA, um... It makes sense that the NBA wants to keep their relationship with it no matter what's going on in China. You know? 
I just accept it. It's all about money, and it always will be. Always will be. Um, I did not win any money on Thursday Night Football because, like I told you, I stayed away from Thursday Night Football. The Patriots. Yeah, let's get to football, right? Let's get to football. The Patriots beat the Giants on Thursday Night Football 35-14. And uh, this was 14-14 at one point. Was I ever concerned the Patriots were going to lose this game? No, I was not. I was never concerned that the Patriots were going to lose this game. And um, we, we do have some injury concerns, though, that come out of this one. Patriots, obviously, now they're 6-0, and 4-2 uh, and two against the spread, in case you're interested in that. They're one of just two teams in the NFL undefeated. It's the Patriots, it's the San Francisco 49ers. And I wrote a column in the Metro this week that goes over every opponent moving forward for the Patriots this season and basically takes a look at possible perfection, right? Like, is 16-0 and in the cards? Is it? Well, it, it, it's mathematically in the cards because the Patriots have not lost a game yet this season. So it's mathematically in the cards. It's just they don't really face a true test until after the bye in Week 10. But even before then, You know, even through this six-game stretch, the Patriots have been in some interesting situations against teams that, while they might pull away from these teams in the second half, it's not the early bloodbath that I think we expect every single week, or it hasn't been the early bloodbath. And a lot of that has to do, it's not the Patriots' defense. Patriots' defense is, you know, this might be, this might be the best defensive stretch for any team in the NFL that I've ever seen. And this is dating back to the, the Super Bowl when the Patriots uh, held, you know, stopped the Rams in that game, right? This, this might be one of the best defensive performances for this stretch that I've ever seen. So it's not the defense. It's the offense. We have major offensive questions with this Patriots team from the injuries in the offensive line to the receiving core and even now sort of the running game. I mean... You know, you get opportunities to pound it in with your running backs, and you get Tom Brady sneaking in for two touchdowns. So, Brady ran for two touchdowns. He didn't throw any last night. He ran for two. He got a couple QB sneaks, and that second one, he made it a point to give the QB sneak two plays in a row, and you cannot tell me that he didn't call those plays himself. I don't know what McDaniels was calling, but... I'm telling you, Brady lined him up with the same personnel grouping and said, I'm sneaking this. He did it the first time. He got a couple yards on it from like the three or the four yard line. Then he did it the very next play and get, got into the end zone. This was the second one, the second touchdown he had, the second QB sneak for a touchdown. Uh, that was all Brady. That was Brady taking the game in his own hands with his own play calls and saying, I'm taking this in, okay, and we're finishing this game. And that's what Brady did. That's what he did. And, yeah, the, the Brady QB sneak is a play that if you, it, it always it always works. For the, for the most part, it works, right? For the most part, it works. But with that, it's like, well, what do you have with the run game? And if you are concerned about the run game, then you have to say, well, is it actually about the running backs or is it go back to the offensive line? I think it might be a little bit of both. I think it might be a little bit of both. Either way, there's questions. There's questions. The run game, the pass game, the protection up front, the run blocking. Um, 
the offense right now is in question. Julian Edelman had a nice game. There are injury concerns with him, though. Like, I always wonder, every hit he's going to take, is he going to grab the ribs again? Josh Gordon got injured last night. The news today is that the Patriots dodged a bullet with that. The news today is that the Patriots, that Josh Gordon, the, the knee injury that he suffered is not considered serious. It looked ugly. It looked ugly. His foot got caught, caught up there on the, the scoop and score by the Giants and on that the fumble and, and score. So it looked nasty, but he was riding the bike after, you know, during the game, after the game. They're saying, the, they're saying he dodged the bullet. Patriots dodged the bullet. Josh Gordon dodged, dodged the bullet. He's going to be fine. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I don't know. I don't think we know. I think he'll probably have tests the next couple days, and, and they'll see what those tests reveal. But the reports are it's not considered a serious injury, and that's great news because when he went down last night, you're going, what is going to happen to this Patriots offense? Now, Dorsett was not playing last night. He was inactive. He's banged up. So no Dorsett, no Gordon. Gronk is retired, and he's on Fox, and I'll talk about Gronk in just a moment. Um, Antonio Brown is gone even though he's begging to come back to the Patriots. I'll get to him in a moment as well. But the offensive line is banged up, which means you also got questions with the run game. You got some issues here if Josh Gordon is going to be out indefinitely with what looked like at the time a very serious injury. So it's a great, this is great news that Josh Gordon's knee injury is not considered serious. Great news. Great news. Um, all of that said, all of that said, you see an injury like that to Gordon, and you think, well, all right, if it's if it's not serious, what happens if what happens if somebody gets hurt? Where are you going? What happens if two more guys get hurt? Right? Two more receivers get hurt. Where are you going? The trade deadline's coming up. The trade deadline is after week eight. So you're gonna play. Two more games before the trade deadline. Trade deadline is going to be after the Cleveland game in Week 8. You get two more games if you're the Patriots. You're against the Jets on Monday Night Football. So you got an extra long break here. The Jets on Monday Night Football in Week 7 next week. You got Cleveland in Week 8. And then two days after that's the trade deadline. The Patriots are going to be involved in rumors that I'm sure involve Stephon Diggs, A.J. Green. Who else? Maybe... Washington left tackle Trent Williams, even though I don't think that's going to happen unless the asking price goes down a whole lot. So you can make one of those moves, get a receiver, maybe give up too much, or you watch this game last night, you see Gordon get hurt, even though the Patriots still win the game, you know there's offensive issues, and you're watching the game on Fox. And if you're like me, you're on Gronk watch. (laughs) I am on Gronk watch at all times. At all times. Gronk Watch, for me, if you listen to me, has never stopped. I've always been on Gronk Watch. Because of what Drew Rosenhaus said the day after Gronk retired, in which he said that if Tom Brady gives him a call late in the season and says, hey, Gronk, we need you, he would consider, you know, he thinks Gronk would consider coming back. Gronk has never closed the door on a return to the Patriots. He's joked that even if he did close the door, everybody would still leave the door open. So why would he even close the door? Why would it matter? I've sat here and said, well, if you know you're done, how would it hurt to close the door? It wouldn't. And you know why he doesn't? 
because he knows he's not done. That's my theory. I've always been on Gronk Watch. And so, last, the last couple of days, we've been looking at Gronk and his career, and um, this news actually broke on Tuesday's live stream, which you can check out on YouTube, also on my newly designed website. Make sure you check that out. I, it took me a couple of months to build that from scratch. It's got a whole new look. Easy access for all my podcasts, videos, columns, dannypicard.com. Go check it out. I even worked hard to make sure that the mobile version looked good and you could play videos on the mobile version. You could play the podcast on the mobile mobile version. You know, I check it out. I worked hard. Newly designed website, dannypicard.com. Go check it out. And you can watch the video of Tuesday's live stream that I do every Tuesday morning on YouTube. And during that show, while Jeff Howe from The Athletic, Jeff covers the Patriots for The Athletic, while he joined me on this show, News broke that Rob Gronkowski had signed a deal to join Fox. To join Fox, to be an NFL analyst on Fox NFL Sunday. And that that job would begin on Thursday Night Football. Oh, what a coincidence. Thursday, you're going to begin this on Thursday Night Football. What a coincidence. That he would sign this deal with Fox just two days before... You're going to make your debut on Fox as an analyst on Thursday Night Football in a, on a night in which the Patriots are playing. Now, I did expect Gronk to be at Gillette Stadium. He was not. He was in New York City. They do this little outdoor set with Terry Bradshaw, Michael Strahan, and, uh, you know, to, what was it Tony Gonzalez, the other one, and then they bring Gronk in before the game on the pregame. They bring him in. Oh, what a coincidence, though, right? Gronk joins Fox. First game is on Thursday night. The one Thursday night game that the Patriots play this year. What a coincidence. Week number six, Patriots offense is struggling. You know, they get injuries. They're missing players. Ah, Gronk's going to debut on Fox on Thursday night the Patriots play. Is that a coincidence? If you think that's a coincidence, then... I don't think you fully understand the way Drew Rosenhaus's brain works. He's an agent. His job, he, he is still Rob Gronkowski's agent. His job is, right now, is to make sure that Gronk is taken care of here. And if they are considering a return, then that return you would think would have to do with some type of negotiation with the Patriots, right? Some type of negotiation. So, how would you negotiate with the Patriots? Well, for one, not only would you go on Fox and be an analyst and debut on the same night that a struggling Patriots offense is playing on Thursday Night Football on that network, but you'd also have Gronk get on that network and talk about negotiating contracts with the Patriots and talk about how much easier it was to negotiate a contract with Fox than it was to negotiate with the Patriots. So Rob Gronkowski gets on Fox. He leaves the door open for a return, which I'm going to play the audio of. By now, you know what he said. And he also knocks the Patriots negotiation strategy and being a tough team to negotiate with, right? Gronk always feels like he sees a guy that should be getting more money, should be a higher paid play. And I agree with him. He should have been. He should be still playing and should be one of the highest paid players in the league. 
He was criminally underpaid. He was. He know if I know that, if all you know that, he knows that. His team knows that. His family knows that. Drew Rosenhaus knows that. And deep down inside, the Patriots know that too. But the Patriots also know how they handle their own business, which is exactly the way Gronk described it on Fox as a team that's tough to negotiate with, especially if you're a guy that thinks he should be one of the highest paid players in the league. That's not the way the Patriots handle business. It's not the way the Patriots handle business. So all this stuff with Gronk on Fox debuting as an analyst the same night the Patriots are playing, a struggling Patriots offense, this is all a negotiation, in my opinion. It's all a negotiation. And if you're sitting there going, no way, Danny, he's done, then you're not even listening to Gronk anymore. Gronk basically got on Fox on the pregame last night and basically said... I might be returning to the Patriots this year. That He didn't say it in those words, but he might as well have said, said it in those words. I'll play the audio for you. You can tell me what you think. Here is Rob Gronkowski talking about when he was asked, is he done playing football? He answers that question by saying he'll always leave the door open and then in the process afterwards knocks the Patriots for how they are a tough team to negotiate a contract with. Here is Rob Gronkowski leaving the door open to a return on Fox last night. You know, I've answered this question many times not before. Not for me. But not for you. <laughs> I like right. that. The original TB right here. That's right. You know, I would have to be feeling it, you know, feeling it big time to come back. I mean, it's always going to be open in my mind. I, I love the game of football, you know. I love playing the game. I love being around the game. I even love watching the game of football now. It makes just appreciation to watch it, just seeing the hits, seeing the glory of it. You understand the game yeah. so much yeah. more and why, yeah. why fans are love you, the game so, so much more. So tell me that. So, you know, I'll always keep it so open. I'll always keep it open. I'll always keep it open. I'll always keep the door about, open. What about money? Are you, yeah. you having to take a pay cut to come here? Uh, yo, did I have money? to take a pay cut? Let me let me tell you this. To get a deal done here was a lot easier than getting a deal done with the oh, Patriots. Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, All right, so there you go. And don't tell me that those questions weren't already set up ahead of time. Don't tell me that they didn't tell Terry Bradshaw to ask him that question. They did. But before he... You know, gives that little jab to the Patriots and the negotiation process. He says, and he says it like six times in a row. He's like, I'll always leave the door open. I'll always leave the door open. Let's play one more time. I love the game of football, you know. I love playing the game. I love being around the game. I even love watching the game of football now. It makes just appreciation to watch it, just seeing the hits, seeing the glory of it. You understand the game so much more and why why fans love the game so so much more. So tell me that. So... You know, I'll always keep it so open. I'll always question. keep it open. I'll always keep it open. I'll always keep, keep, open. Open. I'll always keep the door open. <laughs> I'll always keep the door open. We get it. You will always keep the door open. He said it 17 times. He said it 17 times. And then they told Terry Brad. I wouldn't be surprised if Drew Rosenhaus text- texted Terry Bradshaw and told him to ask this question right after. About money, are you, are you having to take a pay cut to get in here? Uh, uh, they, come on. Why? Why would you ask someone that? Unless you were told, though, asked to ask that question. And who would ask him to ask that question? Rosenhaus, Gronk. Come on now. This was so so predetermined, staged, and planned. And I get it. You could get into maybe how Fox was predetermining this stuff and planning this stuff. But I honestly believe that Fox is just kind of, they're just accepting it. Because they know it's ratings, they know that they're going to get the quote, and the video, and the hits, and everybody's going to be watching that brutal pregame show. 
right? So they just got like, yeah, come to Fox. Let's go. Do it. Yeah, let's talk about your contract. Yeah. Let's talk about your future. Let's talk about how you're leaving the door open to return to the Patriots. This is all being led by Drew Rosenhaus and Rob Gronkowski. It is. It's all being led by those guys. And so, like, if you can't see that, I, I just, I don't know what you're paying attention to. Um, and another reason I know that is because when they, when they had the halftime report, they had that same set outside. The first segment of that halftime report was just Strahan, Bradshaw, and Tony Gonzalez. Gronk wasn't even there. And yet, they talked about the Patriots' offense struggling against the Giants. And then when they were done with that, they went to a commercial, and then when they came back from a commercial, they reintroduced Gronk. They didn't ask Gronk about the Patriots game. They asked Gronk about the upcoming Rams 49ers game this Sunday, and Gronk goes off on a little mini rant about George Kittle. 49ers tight end George Kittle. I'm sitting there going, what the fuck is going on right now? You bring Gronk onto your network. You have him debut on the same night that his former team is struggling against the Giants, the lowly Giants. He's part of your halftime show, and you don't even have him on the set of the segment to talk about the Patriots-Giants? It's not like he left. He was standing over to the side, off camera. They just have him standing over to the side. They're like, no, Gronk. Do you th- put it this way? Do you think that's Fox saying, Gronk, we don't want you to get in the halftime show and talk Patriots? No, that's not Fox saying that. Fox would love him in that spot. But Fox is being, they're just, they're just accepting it all. They're just part of the puppet show. And Drew Rosenhaus is the one pulling the strings. Gronk's pulling the strings. They're leading this thing. NFL analyst Rob Gronkowski, please, it's a negotiation with the Patriots. It's a negotiation. You don't think Fox, you don't think Fox Sports would want Gronk to open up halftime with those guys talking about what he thinks of the Patriots offense without him struggling against the Giants. You don't think that Fox would want that. Of course they'd want that. I I opened the show with a rant on money. It's all about money. Oh, Fox would love it. But it is Fox isn't running this show. This isn't Fox's show. This is Gronk's show. This is Drew Rosenhaus's show. Okay? They, they didn't want to get there, and, and they don't want Gronk knocking the Patriots too much. They don't want that to happen. All right? Why? Because there's a possibility that he returns. How else do I know that? Well, I watched the pregame that was from Gillette Stadium on NFL Network, which included owner Robert Kraft talking about how Rob Gronkowski has yet to file retirement papers. Remember when Gronk retired and I did this rant on how I, I, I question it, I question everything about it, and I've done this many times. But one of the main things that I argued when I questioned Gronk's retirement was the way the team handled it from a from a media relations perspective. And I say from a media relations perspective saying, when I go to Patriots.com, like Gronk was such a great player, like he's a Hall of Fame player, and such, such an instrumental piece to this championship organization, 
Gronk was such a big piece to that. Such an important piece. Such a good dude. You know, such a nice guy. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves Gronk. He retires from the game of football. Okay? And the Patriots don't even send out a press release and don't even make a post on the website that has the headline, Rob Gronkowski retires, and then gives a list of all his accomplishments, right? Like, wouldn't you expect that? Like, when Tom Brady is done, there will be a press release that says, Tom Brady retires from the game of football. There will be a separate press release with quotes, I'm sure, from Belichick, Kraft, other people in the organization. All Gronk received after his retirement was a comment, you know, a press release that had statements, short statements from Belichick and Kraft. That's it. There was no press release that said, Rob Gronkowski retires from the game of football. If he was really done, if they really believed he was done, they would have done that. You know why they didn't do that? They didn't believe he was done. You know how I know that? Robert Kraft said it during the pregame last night. He said, well, he never filed his retirement papers. So basically, we're still holding out hope. That's why we never sent out the press release. You know, that's why we never sent out the press release that announced Rob Gronkowski retirement. Retiring. We just gave out retirement statements. (laughs) Here is Robert Kraft. Here's the question he's being asked on the pregame show on NFL Network. And then here's Kraft answering it, talking about the future of Gronk with the Patriots. Mr. Kraft, when we were here last year after the game, after you guys won, we talked to Rob Gronkowski on the set. Obviously, he's not here anymore. Have you guys had any conversations about him maybe uh, stopping back and, you know, <laughs> we, getting the game in? We all love Gronk, and I think the bottom line is he hasn't put his retirement papers in, so we can always oh. pray and hope. Hmm. It's a little fact that... Uh, I well, didn't know that. Well, I'm glad I could tell Thanks you for telling thing you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so you can pursue that. And um, when he puts his retirement papers in, although I think our kicker, Matt Nugent, he's already put his retirement papers <laughs> in. So <laughs> even if he puts them in, but I, that's a good academic argument that there is hope for us still with Gronk. That's a good academic argument that there is still hope for us with Gronk. What's an academic argument? It's like an argument based on statistical evidence, facts. And the fact of the matter is, Gronk, like Kraft said, never filed his retirement papers. That sort of defends my, you know, that that, that defends my reasoning going back to the month of March over the winter when I'm like, this does something something's missing here. Well, they didn't send out, they didn't make this big post about Gronk's retirement on the website because he never filed his retirement papers. They kept hope alive. What did he say? An academic argument again? An academic argument that there's hope. And even, (laughs) what's funny about it too is Kraft points out their kicker, Mike Nugent, who's replacing the engine, Steven Guskowski. And man, Nugent, you know, stoinked one. Right off the left post last night. But um, Kraft says, basically, even if Gronk does file his retirement papers, we would still have hope that he could unretire. Because, again, 
He's a young dude. The Patriots need help. And when you go back to what Rosenhaus said the day after Gronk retired, when Rosenhaus goes on ESPN, again, a method to his madness, leaves the door open saying, hey, if Tom gave him a call late in the season and said, hey, Gronk, we need you, Gronk, I'm sure Gronk would consider it. Now Gronk signs with Fox. Don't give me just because he signed with Fox that he can't end that deal and return to football. He can. He even said it during the pregame show. And he doesn't come on at halftime because he doesn't really want to knock the team that's struggling that he might be a part of. They're being careful with this. But they did throw that pregame dig at the Patriots with regards to their negotiation strategy. And Robert Kraft in the pregame, well, you know, he's given his own little his own little negotiation, public negotiation by by saying we still have hope. He hasn't filed his retirement papers. He's Kraft isn't closing the door on it. Gronk isn't closing the door on it. And I am sure Bill Belichick is not closing the door on it. Because if you've watched the Patriots offense and Belichick has, you know they need something, not just in the passing game, but in the run game, in their blocking game. Gronk would be perfect for that. Gronk's leaving the door open. Um, I-, I will say if there's a concern I have with it, it's when Gronk does bring up the negotiate- negotiation stuff. The one thing that would hold it up is Gronk is just asking for a little too much money. That would be the one thing I think that would hold it up. Gronk's asking for too much money. And if you're Belichick and you see how good your defense is, you're probably like, eh. Oh, oh, really, Gronk? You want that much money for for less than the second half of the season in playoffs? You're not going to play a full season? No. We got a great defense here. We'll win without you. Like, maybe Belichick's, my concern would be maybe Belichick's stubbornness would get in the way of a Gronk return. But I think that might be it. That might be the only thing getting in the way of a Gronk return is Belichick's potential stubbornness, knowing how good his defense is, knowing that he knows how good his defense is. Brady might not like that stubbornness. Kraft might not like that stubbornness, but it could be stubbornness nonetheless. That could be the one thing that holds up a Gronk return. Everything else that's been said by everybody else implies to me that the door isn't just open for a Gronk return this season. It is wide open. And that if Bill Belichick wanted it to happen, like this is really what I learned last night. If Belichick wanted Gronk to return, he could make it happen. He could. We'll see, though. We'll see. But it is interesting how it all kind of played out last night. And Gronk wasn't even part of the halftime show to criticize or maybe question some of the Patriots' offensive stuff in the first half. Like, that's, there's no way Fox is making that call. There's no way Fox is sitting there going, ah, we don't want Gronk for the halftime stuff that criticizes the Patriots. Or has to even be put in a position to criticize the Patriots. We don't want to do that to Gronk. That's Gronk saying, we're not doing that. That's Rosenhaus saying, "Uh uh-uh, we're not doing that. We set our Patriots bit. Bring us in to talk about George Kittle and the 49ers. Like, what? That's not a that's not a call from Fox Sports. I'm not sitting there telling you TV producers and executives are the smartest people in the world because they're not. But I am telling you that they're smart enough to know 
that having Gronk in the halftime segment in which he could potentially criticize his former team that he talked about in the pregame, that he left the door open to a return to, that that's a good segment. That's a must-see segment. But you leave him out of it? That is not a call that's coming from Fox. That is coming from Gronk saying, that is coming from Rosenau saying, we're not doing that. And why would they do that? Well, you're not trying to, you're not trying to really burn a bridge. You're just negotiating. It's a public negotiation. Kraft publicly doing it too in the pregame. I just don't know if Belichick's going to play ball. No idea. But to me, the more I hear from these guys, the more it seems to me that Belichick will be the only person that would hold up a Gronk return this year. I'm telling you. Uh, but they could use him. They could use him. Antonio Brown thinks the Patriots could use him too. But Antonio Brown is continuing to show you that he is one of the biggest idiots on the face of the planet. Antonio Brown, what we've learned from some of the text messages that he sent, what we've learned from some of the stories that we've read about him, whether you think he's a bad dude or a good dude or believe accusations or not, here's something you cannot argue about Antonio Brown. Is that Antonio Brown is a moron. He is not a smart person. He's an idiot. He gets on social media and he posts his video. Was it live? I don't even know. Was it Instagram live again? I have no clue. It might have been. But he posts a video. He says, hey, the Patriots are going to have to pay me anyways. And it looks like they need me. They should just have me come play. If they're going to pay me anyways, they should have me come play. That's what he said. Antonio Brown basically goes to social media and begs the Patriots to, to, to have him come back and play. And then he posts another. I think it was, was it Instagram? A picture of, <laughs> this one was actually kind of funny. But I'll, I'll, I'll get to why the thought process is idiotic in a minute. But the, the picture is a picture of Wolverine. He's looking at a, a picture on his, laying on his bed, looking at a picture. And, and it's, it, there's two pictures. One of Wolverine looking at the picture. And on one end, you, you can't see what picture he's looking at. And then they show the second picture, which is the view from behind Wolverine. And it shows what he's looking at, what's in the picture frame. <laughs> and it's a, it's a photoshopped picture of Antonio Brown in a Patriots uniform. <laughs> I think he's implying that the Michigan Wolverine and Tom Brady is looking at a picture of Antonio Brown while laying in his bed. Wishing that Antonio Brown was still a Patriot. Wishing that Robert Kraft didn't put his foot down and say, you gotta go. Well, the reason why, as funny as you might think this is, as entertaining as you might think this is, and that picture was funny. I got a laugh out of it. The whole thought process from Antonio Brown is completely idiotic because he must forget, he, he must have forgotten already about the shot that he took at Robert Kraft on, on social media Right after they released him. He, he put a social media post talking about how Robert Kraft was at the massage parlor. Like, what? You think Robert Kraft is going to even consider bringing you back to the Patriots? You idiot. He's, he's, Antonio Brown's just not a very smart person. And we are seeing that continue to play out. Whether you believe he's a good dude or not, you cannot argue that he is... Dumb. Robert Kraft ain't bringing you back. 
Okay? It's not happening. And he is going to fight every way that he can to not pay you at all. Especially after that stupid post you made knocking Kraft on your way out the door. Like, you make that post about the owner and you expect that he's going to say, eh, not a big deal. We'll bring you back in. That's not going to happen. Antonio Brown's an idiot. We should stop talking about him here in New England. It's done. He's not coming back. There is a 0.00000% chance of Robert Kraft bringing back Antonio Brown. There is such a better chance of Gronk coming back. There's a better chance of the Patriots trading for Stephon Diggs or A.J. Green or Emmanuel Sanders than bringing Antonio Brown back. Right? You had Deion Branch on the sideline last night. There's a better chance that Deion Branch comes out of retirement and lines up for the Patriots. There's a better chance that Troy Brown comes out of retirement and lines up for the Patriots than Antonio Brown coming back to the Patriots. So, he's an idiot. And we should all just move on from that. So, I will too. So, I will too. Uh, Patriots win. Uh, There are questions about the offense. But Gronk watch is in full effect. You know, I've never stopped with the Gronk watch. But I think everybody else now is kind of... Is back on board with me. Keep your eye on Gronk. Something to watch. The only question is, will Belichick's stubbornness give in? And, you know, how much money do they have? You know, they freed up the two mil, releasing Ben Watson. They could always bring Ben Watson back. Right? We'll see what happens there. But uh, they they got some offensive issues. They do, because after the bye, you're going to get some tough games. You're going to need some offense. You're going to need some offense against Philly. Dallas. Houston and Kansas City. You know, the good thing for the Patriots, you got a couple weeks and you got the bye week to figure it out. Which means you got time to talk Gronk back into returning. Something, as he told us last night, and something that even the Patriots told us, the door is wide open for that return. So with all of that said, uh, I think it is time to take a quick look at the rest of week six and then get to my picks for week six. And so week six in the NFL, four teams are going to have a bye. You got Buffalo. Chicago, Indianapolis, and Oakland, they have the bye in week six. Uh, As you know, it began with the Patriots beating the Giants. Week six will end with Green Bay hosting Detroit on Monday Night Football. Green Bay is a four-point favorite in this one. This game is part of my picks, so I'll give you that in just a moment. But that's when week six will end on Monday night with Green Bay hosting Detroit. The Sunday Night Football game of the week is the Chargers hosting Pittsburgh. Now, I think... NBC thought this was going to be somebody other than Devlin Hodges under center, the third-string quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they can't change it now. The Chargers are going to host Pittsburgh. The Chargers a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this one against the Steelers. So that's a Sunday night game of the week on NBC. The real game of the week, though, is what? It's probably Kansas City-Houston, right? Kansas City. A four-point favorite in Kansas City against the Houston Texans Sunday at 1 o'clock. I stayed away from this. Kansas City has not covered a spread for me the last three weeks. (laughs) Three weeks in a row without covering a spread. And that's infuriated me, and it has really hurt me. It's really hurt me. So I'm just staying away from Kansas City till they can figure some things out defensively. And I just don't know this is the game for them to figure things out defensively against the Houston Texans team that could put up big points. 
you know, but because it's in Kansas City, the Chiefs are coming off a loss to Indianapolis. I'm just like, ah, uh, I want to take Houston so bad because I've, I just, the day, you know, when I, the minute I take Houston in this game, Kansas City's going to blow them out and cut and they'll win. They'll cover the spread. The Chiefs will be back. I'm not, so I'm just going to stay away. I'm just staying away. But that really could be the game of the week. The other game of the week could be the Rams and, and the 49ers. The Rams are three-point favorite. It's in L.A. They're hosting San Fran Sunday at 4 o'clock. That could be another game of the week. So you got those two games. And then we got a London game. Another London game. It's going to be Carolina-Tampa Bay. This one is going to be early, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Um, if you're on the West Coast and you want to watch football at 6.30 a.m., good luck. But... Uh, yeah. 9.30. So, um, that's the London game that we have. And so, that brings me to my picks, right? What else do we got in the NFL? I'm trying to think if I'm missing an NFL story. There's just, there's always so much going on in this league. I'm trying to think if I'm missing a major story in the NFL. As I record this, I I cannot think of anything else. I think we've uh, touched on, I think we've touched on all of it, right? So, we have, which means we might as well get to the picks. Picks, picks for week six. Let me just, uh, if you don't know, I post my picks on YouTube. I know I I tweet out the link and people get, people get upset with my self-promotion on social media, but it's something that I have to do. Nobody's going to promote me for me, so I have to promote me. And I do it a lot. But I'm um, just getting the camera ready. Camera set up. I forgot to set up the camera. There it is. Hit and record. Camera's on. These pics are going on YouTube, but they're also right here on the Danny Picard Show on Podcast One. Hit the music. Picks, picks for week six. Presented by betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account today using promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag, the exclusive partner of PODCAST1 Sportsnet. BetOnline. I went 2-3 and three last week against the spread. Kansas City screwed me on Sunday Night Football against the Colts. I'm still, I'm still hurting about that one. But, uh... Two and three is better than the one and four I went the the previous two weeks, right? So my record on the season now, after two great weeks to start the season, I think I was seven and three against the spread through the first two weeks. My record on the season now is 11 and 14. I need to go four and one here in week six just to get back to 500. But you know what? I'm confident that's exactly what I'm going to do because I am due for a four and one week. Let's get to it. Pick number one. I am going with the Cleveland Browns. A one-and-a-half-point dog at home over the Seattle Seahawks. This game is Sunday at 1 in Cleveland. The Browns are 2-3. and three, And here is their season so far. Loss, win, loss, win, loss. Okay? So, if you're Cleveland, you have not been able to get two wins in a row. You also, though, in a, in a good way, you haven't lost two games in a row. Cleveland, I told you, I've told you many times on this show, they are too much about the show, and they should be more about the game and the results of the game. But they get too high. The good thing, though, if you're a Browns fan, you know while they get too high, maybe after a big win, 
they don't get too low, and they usually bounce back from a loss, or at least they have so far this season. And I expect them to do that against the Seattle Seahawks. Cleveland's 0-2 at home this season. I know all the numbers I'm giving you are not bone well for the, for the Browns, but they're due for a win at home, right? You don't want to keep disappointing in front of your home crowd. They're 0-2 at home. They're going to get their first home win, and they're going to do it against the Seahawks team that is 4-1. Against another stat that you're like, Danny, why would you take Cleveland in this game? Seahawks, they're 4-1. Uh, the Seahawks are coming off Thursday night football and a win over the Rams. That's the best team Seattle's beaten this year. Seattle's other wins over Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Arizona. And you go back to that Pittsburgh win, uh, that's the game that Ben Roethlisberger got hurt in that game, right? Mason Rudolph came in. So was that a good win for Seattle? Their schedule hasn't been all that tough. And their loss was to New Orleans, a New Orleans Saints team without Drew Brees. And it was in Seattle. So even though Seattle's 4-1, and it looks like they're having a great season, a great start to the season. I do still have a lot of questions with Seattle based on their schedule. And even when I've watched them in situations that are usually their strength this year, which is in Seattle. But this isn't in Seattle. It's in Cleveland. And I think the Browns are able to pull this out. They get too high this season. They're more about the show than the game. Baker Mayfield's in 17 commercials every game. But... It won't matter. They will win this one. They will pull it out. And they're a dog at home. Give me Cleveland plus one and a half over Seattle in Cleveland Sunday at one. Pick number two, I'm going with the L.A. Rams, a three-point favorite over the San Francisco 49ers. This game is in L.A. Sunday at four o'clock. The Rams have lost two straight. They've lost two straight. They're now three and two. They lost to the Bucks. They lost to Seattle on Thursday Night Football. Uh, meanwhile, San Francisco is one of just two undefeated teams in the league along with New England. San Fran is 4-0. They've had a bye week. They're on a short week right now. They're coming off a Monday night football win against Cleveland, the team that I told you I'm just taking. I'm expecting Cleveland to bounce back. I'm expecting, though, now San Francisco on a short week to suffer their first loss of the season. I'm expecting the Rams to bounce back from two straight losses. Look, the 49ers are not going undefeated this season. You'd be crazy to think that they are. And I think this pick is as simple as a home team has only a, you know, with a low spread in a simple, obvious bounce back game. The Rams got to have this one. They are not going to be three and three. They're just, they're just too good. They're too good to be a three and three team. They've lost two straight. The 49ers are not going to go undefeated. It's a simple bounce back game. It's in LA. The spread's only three points. Give me the Rams to win by a touchdown. I'm taking LA minus three over San Francisco Sunday at four o'clock. Then speaking of LA, I'm going with another LA team. I'm going with the Chargers minus six and a half over the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is Sunday night football. This game is in Los Angeles. Uh, the Steelers are going with their third string quarterback in Devlin Hodges. Do you feel good about that? Who is Devlin Hodges? I don't know. I don't know. So how could I put my money on Devlin Hodges? It's only six and a half. Could you see the Chargers at home winning by seven? I know I could. The Chargers are coming off a loss to Denver. Melvin Gordon made his debut in that game. Didn't do anything. What were his numbers? I got them right here. 31 rush yards on 12 carries. I'm expecting Melvin Gordon to have a big night in his second game back from this holdout, this contract holdout. Melvin Gordon, big game. Big night for him in the national spotlight on Sunday Night Football. You look at the Steelers. They've had a tough schedule. 
but their only win this season is over Cincy. And again, it's their third-string quarterback on the road making his first start on national TV. I just can't pick Pittsburgh. If this spread was maybe like 10 or above 10, I would stay away, but it's only six and a half. I got to take the charges in another bounce-back game. So my first three picks, teams looking for a bounce-back win all at home. There's a, there's a trend here this week. Let's do it again. The Chargers minus six and a half over the Steelers in L.A. on Sunday Night Football. Pick number four. I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys over the New York Jets. The Cowboys, a seven-point favorite. This game is at MetLife Sunday at 425. Dallas has let me down lately. And and much like Kansas City has let me down the last couple weeks, so has Dallas. But I'm, I'm sticking with Dallas because... I think they're much better than they've shown in their last two losses. <sighs> Look, the Cowboys cannot lose this game to the Jets. I know the Jets are winless. I get it that Sam Donald is returning from mono. I get it that the Cowboys have looked awfully sloppy the last couple weeks in loss to, losses to the Packers and, and a loss to the Saints. But the Cowboys can't lose to the Jets. They won't lose to the Jets. The only question is, is the seven points too high? Like, is the Jets' defense good enough, you know, in their own building to maybe hold a somewhat sloppy, as of late, sloppy Dallas offense and keep this thing close with Donald returning? Like, I think the spread is, there's no doubt. Money line, Cowboys are going to win this game. You can lock that up. Put that, you know, put everything you got on that money line on the Cowboys winning this game. Will they cover the seven points? I'm going to say, yeah, they do. I'm going to say, yeah, they do. Cowboys are due for a big offensive day. I think they'll get it against the winless Jets team. Cowboys will stay above 500, and they've let me down. I don't think they'll let me down again. I'm sticking with Dallas. Dallas minus seven over the Jets Sunday at MetLife. And then my lock of the week is the Green Bay Packers, a four-point favorite over the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football. This game is at Lambeau. Uh, Aaron Rodgers against the Lions. You know about this matchup. If you do, you'll agree with me and take Green Bay. And the spread's only four. Knowing the spread's only four, knowing Aaron Rodgers' history against Detroit, I think this is my lock. I think this is an easy pick for me. It's one of the first ones I saw and said, ah, oh, give me Aaron Rodgers against the Lions. Aaron Rodgers owns the Lions. He's 13-5 and in his career versus Detroit with only three, with three of those losses came in Detroit. So, at Lambeau, Aaron Rodgers is 13-2 against the Lions. 37 touchdowns and 6 interceptions in his career against Detroit. The Lions are coming off the bye, so they're maybe a little fresh, but they could be a little rusty because of that. The Packers are coming off an impressive win over the Dallas Cowboys, as you saw in Dallas last week. Green Bay's only loss this season came against Philadelphia, but that was Thursday Night Football. And it was in Green Bay. It was at Lambeau. But it was Thursday Night Football. How much stock are you putting in to a Thursday Night Football loss? I can't put that much stock into it. I've watched Green Bay a lot this season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is feeling some type of way. They're at home. He dominates the Lions. There's no way I believe in the Lions. If it was in Detroit, maybe I'd feel a little differently. Maybe I'd stay away. It's at Lambeau. Monday Night Football. Aaron Rodgers owns Detroit. I'm taking the Packers. Minus four as my lock of the week. So my picks for week six, I got Cleveland plus one and a half, the Rams minus three, the Chargers minus six and a half, the Cowboys minus seven, and then Green Bay 
minus four picks picks presented by betonline.ag sign up for a free account using promo code podcast one to receive a 50 percent sign up bonus that's promo code podcast one for a 50 percent sign up bonus betonline.ag the exclusive partner of podcast one sportsnet so those are my picks for week six and um we move on from the nfl i will be back next week to break it all down and outside of the National Football League, of course, we get the Major League Baseball postseason. And if you're not paying attention to that, I'll just get you caught up real quick. It's simple. Only four teams remain. You got the Astros and the Yankees in the ALCS. That will begin on Saturday night, game one in Houston at 8 o'clock on Fox. And then in the NLCS, you got the Washington Nationals, the wild card winner Nationals, with the upset over the Dodgers in the first round in that game five. Clayton Kershaw blew it. Absolutely blew it. And uh, the Nationals win that game five. They now play the Cardinals in the NLCS. That game one is going to be tonight on Friday night in St. Louis. So uh, I will be paying attention to the Major League Baseball postseason. And I will be reacting to what we see over the weekend on next week's show. What else do I got? Oh, I told you I was gonna I told you I was gonna talk about my my night at AEW and their little Wednesday night dynamite show. They got a new weekly show. Hey, if you if you're not a wrestling fan, then this might not be for you. If you are a wrestling fan, then maybe this is for you. Maybe this is for you. All Elite Wrestling is a new company. Uh, they actually uh, funded by the Khan family of the Jacksonville, who own the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they got some big names. Chris Jericho is their world champ. They got Cody Rhodes. They got the Young Bucks. They got Kenny Omega. They got Dean Ambrose. Uh, or John Moxley, as you know him in AEW. I say Dean Ambrose for people that, that saw him in WWE and The Shield and know him as Dean Ambrose. Just in my head, I'll all, I think I'll always think of him as Dean Ambrose. It's not a knock. That's just... It's just what it is, right? That's what you remember. Um, so they get some big names in AEW. And they got a TV deal with TNT every Wednesday night. And they came to Boston this week. And it was at a Gannis Arena, the home of the Boston University Terriers, the BU Terriers. If you've ever gone and watched the hockey game at a Gannis, uh, you know. About Aganis, it's a nice building. It's not the biggest building in the world. It's like a mini fleet center, a mini TD garden fleet center. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, I will I will call it the fleet center. Um, it's like a mini TD garden. It's like Aganis Arena is if you took the Loge, right? And you and, and that's it. Just the Loge of the TD garden, right? And it might even be a little smaller than that. But it's a it's a good building. It's a good venue for a wrestling show. You know, it gets a little extra loud in there because of uh, the smallest size of the arena. But AEW had their weekly show. It was on TV, on TNT. And I ended up, I was given tickets to this. And the tickets actually came from AEW. The tickets came from All Elite Wrestling. Given to me. Had had a couple tickets. So, uh, one of my buddies... Likes old school nostalgic wrestling, and he had never he's never been to a wrestling event, and so he was excited to come. And uh, we went to the event, 
great seats. You know, we were kind of next to the, kind of in an empty section because it was a section where the cameras, right near the cameras, like underneath the camera setup for TV. So, you know, I guess they don't want a lot of people there. I, or, or if they're not selling enough tickets, if you're going to leave like a section empty, this is the section you leave empty because there's no shot of this section getting on TV. But we were down low, close. Like we were at the equivalent of, we were in the bench, right? I was in like the hockey bench in one of the benches um, because I had the boards right in front of me. And, you know, great start to the night. The Young Bucks came out. I'm a fan of the Young Bucks. And, you know, they basically tore the roof off the place. Fantastic match. Exciting. And, and me, personally, like, I'm a casual wrestling fan. I, I always say this. I'm not a season ticket holder. Like, I don't watch every event. Like, that's not, I mean, it's just, I'm more of a nostalgic wrestling fan. I will pay attention to some of the new stuff. I'll watch some stuff on YouTube sometimes. Um, I'll be up to speed with some of the top stories or some of the top guys, even around the world. Like, I'll pay attention to some New Japan stuff. And I know you might say, well, you watch New Japan Pro, you're more than a casual fan. And I say, no, I'm not. I think in the world of YouTube, you could still be a casual wrestling fan and pay attention to that stuff. Because even if you're a casual wrestling fan, and even in the world of social media, you can see tweets and get caught up in it even casually, right? Because social media lets you know, YouTube lets you know more about guys you wouldn't know about if you were a casual wrestling fan before social media or before YouTube. So I still pay attention to the top stories, but I'm casual. I'm not a season ticket holder. Like if I was home that night and didn't have tickets to the event, like I probably would not have even watched. And I know they're going up against NXT, on Wednesday nights too, but I wouldn't have watched NXT either. I would have watched postseason baseball. You know? Um, so I'm a casual fan. The casual fan in me sees what AEW's doing, and I'm like, honestly, I don't know that... Like, I don't know if it's going to work. Like, I don't know if they're going to get to where they want to be. I don't even know where they want to be. I would assume you want to be in competition with WWE, right? I mean, that would only be human nature. Wouldn't you want that if you're AEW? So I'm sure they want that. They're not there yet. Will they ever get there? The casual wrestling fan of me sees it, looks at my interest level, thinks that they probably, in order to get there, they have to appeal to someone like me, who's casual, a casual fan, right? Because they have their diehard fans. They know the guys who are buying the Bucks shirts. They know the guys that are going to be in the building that night, like guaranteed buying tickets. They, they know they got a large enough audience to, to start the company, to get a TV show weekly, to, to pack these buildings and have a successful product. I'm not saying they won't be successful, but can they be successful enough to compete with WWE? I think if they want to be, they need to get someone like me, and I just say in general, the category of someone who's a casual wrestling fan, you need to get someone like me involved and to steal one of the phrases, you need someone like me to be all in. To where I need to watch Wednesday night. Or I will watch Wednesday night, right? Um, so I take the tickets from AEW. I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, like maybe they want... 
you know, they know I do a wrestling podcast once a week as well. And, you know, they've heard me do some WWE stuff on this show every once in a blue moon. Um, maybe they want me to see, you know, they want me to see what's going on. And, and I, I'm not going to lie. When I, when I, when I know that I can get tickets, especially for free, I, I think to myself, well, I'd, I'd like to check it out and see what it's about live. Right. I've been to WWE live events. I went to WrestleMania 14 at the fleet center. Speaking of the fleet center, it was called the fleet center then. Um, I went to wrestling at the Boston Garden. I saw Hulk Hogan versus King Holly race. I, I've, I've seen all this stuff. I was, when I knew I was getting free tickets, I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. And I brought a buddy of mine who's never been to wrestling, even though he was a nostalgic wrestling fan. So we go. We have great seats. I'm loving the first match. I'm looking around, taking some videos and some pictures, and I'm thinking to myself, wow. You know, maybe I was wrong in my thoughts that I'm not sure they're ever going to compete with WWE. And maybe I'm an e- maybe I'm an easy sell, right? Like maybe they maybe I'm easy, and I can just you got me free tickets. No, oh, you got me with free shit. <laughs> and maybe that's it. I I don't know. I mean, who doesn't like free shit? Most of the clothes I wear fall off the back of a truck. Most of the things that I most of the tickets I get are free. <laughs> like like most of the things I have uh. uh from some type of discount from someone somewhere. So, I mean, maybe I'm just a sucker for free shit. Maybe I'm easy. They got me. You got me free tickets. You got me sitting this close to the ring. You know, I, I enjoy the Bucks. I've never seen them live. You got this big, beautiful set. And they do have a big, beautiful set with the TNT logo. You know, the way the lighting is, it did have that WCW feel with the lighting. Like, just the lighting. Forget about anything going on in the ring. The lighting had a WCW feel. And I don't know anything about lighting and arenas or whatever, but it had the WCW lighting effect. I noticed that. Yeah, it kicks into the nostalgia a little bit. So they got me. Like, I'm locked in. I'm like, ah, the Bucks, what a match. Then all of a sudden, it's Jericho coming out. And I'm I'm a huge Chris Jericho fan. You know, even though he, even though he, he wouldn't let me write for his new website, I applied. You know, they don't, they don't want me for the website. That's fine. To each his own. Um, I thought I threw out an interesting idea at him, and I know they received it. But didn't want it. It's fine. I still am a huge fan of Jericho. He comes down. He's the champ. He's got this crew with him. I don't know what's going on with the crew he was with, but I was interested to find out. At this point, we're probably like a half hour into the show. I'm in. I am, to steal a phrase from them and not to be too corny, I'm all in. (laughs) Like, I'm loving it. I'm having a great time. This is fantastic. And then some dude walks over who works for AEW. He's got the I think he had the AEW shirt on. He's fucking, you know, jeans um, up to his nipples, you know. He's fucking all tucked in. He's ready to go. He's, you know, he's jacked up. He's got a couple, he sees a couple empty seats across the way. So he comes over to us. We're kind of in like an empty section. You know, we were given tickets from AEW. 
he comes over to us and he says, hey, can you guys go sit in those seats? We're going to move you to different seats. Now, my mindset is like, oh, AEW gave us these tickets. They're moving us down to the front row. Like, we, the only, the only seats that you could give us that would be an improvement would be front row seats. And so, and he starts pointing. And again, we're like in the middle of the arena on one side. We'll call it center ice, close to center ice of the arena. On, on the side that we're right underneath the cameras. So opposite the side that you see on TV. Right? He's pointing in the other side of the arena. Now, I don't know where he's pointing. Like, imagine being in this big arena. Chris Jericho, by the way, has a microphone in his hand. He's given a promo. I'm trying to listen to this promo. And I get this dude telling me to go to another seat. At first, I was excited because I'm like, oh, this guy must just be moving us right up here to a front row, to the front row. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself and I'm listening to him talk and I'm like, oh, he, he doesn't mean front row. And he's like, that seat over there. You see those empty seats? We, we need to have all the seats filled, you know, for TV. And I'm just thinking to myself like, well, I'm not a seat filler, buddy. Like, that's not, that's not what I signed up for. That's not why I'm here. That's not what I agreed to. However, I appreciate, that, you know, I appreciate that you gave me tickets. You need a little help? All right. You know what? We'll go sit in those seats. Fine. Um, you know, I quickly hopped down. And, and by the way, I almost broke my ankle hopping down, stepping on the seat in front of me. Because at first I thought we were staying on that side of, of the arena. And then as I got into the aisle, he's like, no, you're going across the way. And I'm like, oh, okay. So now we're walking up and we're walking. We have to walk to the other side of the arena. And we walk up the stairs. We go um, in the concourse. We walk around to the other side of the arena. Chris Jericho's giving his promo. I have no idea what he's saying. I can't even watch it. But you know what? I appreciate the free tickets. I'm going to go. You, you need a couple seats filled, buddy. All right. I, I will do that for you. We go over there. By the time we get over there and we're looking down, the promo from Chris Jericho is still going on. I don't even know where the seats are anymore. And so we come out to the top of steps and I'm almost looking over across thinking he's going to like, and even if he was pointing, it's ridiculous. I start thinking, I, I look at my buddy, I'm like, this is ridiculous, right? Like, I don't even know where we're going. And the seats that I thought he was talking about, by the time we got over there, they were already taken. So it must have just been someone going to the bathroom or going to get a drink. I'm going to get some food. So, there's no seat for us. We walk all the way back to the original seats. All the way down. We sit back down. And it's like, hey, we tried. We gave it the effort. They were filled. I'm just going to enjoy the rest of the show. So then you got another match. Um, Who was it? It was a kid. I actually called one of his matches for Northeast Wrestling uh, back in the winter. What's his name? Ah, uh, he's like some, he looks like a creep in there. It's, it's cool. It's a cool creep. I mean, that's not a knock, but like his persona is like a creepy dude. Dobby Allen, Dobby Allen. That's it. Dobby Allen, his match. Great match. Exciting. Fans going nuts. You know, we're back sitting in our seat. I'm like, Hey, I think I, I did them a good deed. I gave it an effort. We gave it an effort. We were going to go fill a couple of seats for him. Right. This match ends all of a sudden. You got a women's match coming out. It's probably like close to nine o'clock. 
the thing started at 8. We got there a little around 8. You know, around 9 o'clock, you got a women's match. The women are coming in. And I don't know if you've ever been to a wrestling event, but when you... And, and maybe it's not like that anymore, but it used to be the women's matches, that's when everybody goes and gets their food and takes the bathroom break and, and goes and, and, and gets their concessions. Um, that's not me not... Like, I think, you know, the women headline WrestleMania. And I told you they should have. That was the, you know, that was the right decision. And this past year. And, and so, like, I'm not knocking the women's division. I'm not telling you how, how I feel about it. That just used to be the way this worked. And it, not to say that it works like that anymore, but it, when the women came down to the ring for this match, you know, the, uh, the, the, the arena looking across from us, the side that's on TV, there were some spots that emptied out, and you could see a good amount of empty seats, but I think it was just people going to the bathroom or going to get food. And this dude, Harry Hardass, comes over to us again, and he's like, he starts pointing across. Now, I can't even fucking hear the guy, right? It's loud in here. And he's like, oh, he's pointing. He's like, can you go sit over in these? Can you go sit over. You got a couple more seats. Can you sit on those seats? He's pointing. And now I'm getting pissed. Because now in my head, I'm like, hey, buddy, who the fuck do you think I am? Like, I don't work for you. I don't work for AEW. Like, what are you, like, what is going on? Like, I'm so confused at this point. Like, I was never told that I was going to be a seat filler. And even after the next day, I reached out to, to people and they were like, no, you weren't supposed to be a seat filler. So I wasn't supposed to be a seat filler. Okay. And if I knew I was going to be a seat filler, I would have just not have gone to the event. But if I really wanted to go to the event and not be a seat filler, like, I got news for this dude. Like, I could have had any cop get me tickets. I could have had any, anybody sneak me into that building. I could have snuck in the building myself. I could have just got a ticket on my own. I would have just bought a ticket. Okay? I would have got a ticket from someone else. I didn't need to listen to anything this guy said. But the fact that I was, I felt like I was kind enough to walk all the way across the other side of the building for him, even though I didn't have to the first time, when those seats were taken, when I got back, I'm thinking to myself, well, we made the effort. He should appreciate that and leave us the fuck alone. When he didn't leave us alone, and he comes over again with his jeans, you know, up to his nipples, shirt tucked into his nipples, he's, you know, he's got the walkie-talkie and he's all fucking jacked up and he's like, you know, Johnny Jerkoff comes over to us. He's like, hey, you see those seats over there? I'm like, and I'm looking. And I'm just thinking, uh, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, Danny, don't, Danny, calm down. Calm down. Someone gave you these tickets. Calm down. You know, you, just just stop. Just take a couple deep breaths. Listen to what he says and, and, and hear him out. He's pointing across the way. I can barely hear him talk. I look at him. I see him pointing. I said to him, and I raised my voice, and I was trying to keep my cool, but I said, you're pointing at 17 open seats. Like, what seats are you talking about, dude? What are you doing? Like, why are you pointing across the way? Like, I, I can see what seats you're talking about. There's 17 open seats. What are you talking about? And he could tell I was pissed. So he goes, all right, fine. Here's what he said. He goes, all right, fine. And he walks away. He was upset with me. I can't understand why he's upset with me because I can't understand why he's asking me to do this in the first place. Never mind a second time. Because I'm thinking to myself, buddy, I don't work for you. Who are you? You don't even, like, you never even introduce yourself to me. 
Like, I'm trying to enjoy an event. And in fact, before you came over asking me questions, tell me to run around the arena, I was loving what I saw. But now you're ruining my night. And now you're pointing to 17 open seats. And like, this is the dumbest conversation I've ever had with anybody in the history of my life. You're you're pointing, thinking I'm going to see exactly what seat you're pointing at. When there's empty seats everywhere because everybody just got up at the beginning of the women's match to go to the bathroom or get, you know, to get a drink or, or some food. So, this guy walks away, sees that I'm pissed off. I turn to my buddy. I go, man. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. Apparently, they think, you know, we're seat fillers. I, I got news for this guy. Like, I don't work for AEW. Spoiler alert. I don't work for you, buddy. I don't know if he thought we did. I don't know if he thought because we were sitting in seats that were comped, like, that was my duty. (laughs) That's my duty. Buddy, go fuck yourself if you think that's my duty in life, to come to a wrestling event and fill seats for you. You don't even introduce yourself to me. And you're ruining my night. So, he comes back over a third time. I can't... Now, at this point, I'm just stunned. I go from being reasonable and saying, you know, you gave me a free ticket, I'll walk across. I'll miss the whole Chris Jericho promo and I'll fill a couple seats for you. I get it. You got to do your job. That didn't work out. I go from being, um, you know, giving the, the reasonable effort to being pissed off that you're asking me again and pointing to a whole section of empty seats and you tell me to go to specific ones. But then you saw that I was pissed. You walk away. But then you come back a third time, and now I'm just confused. Now I'm just like, what is happening right now? He comes over. He goes, hey, can you just do me a favor? That's exactly what he said. He said it like that. Hey, can you just do me a favor? And he starts pointing again, and he goes, hey, come here. And he calls me and because he, he knows that it's the dumbest thing of all time to point across, the, across an entire arena and point and think that I'm going to see what empty seats that he's talking about when there were empty seats in this one. I'm not saying there were empty seats in the building all night. I'm not knocking. They packed the place. They they packed this fucking place. This place was rocking for AEW. And I told you, I was feeling it. I was I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go on the show and I am gonna I'm gonna tell people that AEW is absolutely gonna compete. If they keep packing the joint like that, if they keep putting on performances like that, like that, that's what I was going to do. That's what I was going to do. And then Harry Hotass comes over, has me running around the fucking building. And the third time he comes over, he's like, can you just do me a favor? And he starts pointing and he realizes how dumb that is. And he's, and he says, come here, come here. And so he starts walking on the floor and calls me over to the middle of the floor. So now I got to get up, walk down the stairs, walk onto the floor because he's on the other side of the boards as he's doing all this stuff. I told you I'm right on the boards, like of the hockey rink boards, like in that section. So I have to walk down. I walk on the floor and now he's like, you know, he's using his finger as like my scope. (laughs) So like he's getting real close to me. He's like pointing like, can you see that seat over there? And, and I still don't see because again, this is ridiculous. And at this point, I'm not even pissed. I'm just confused. So then he's like, there's one seat on top of another. And finally, I see it when he, when he finally gets a little more descriptive. And I go, wait, 
you don't even you want us to fill those two seats and you don't even want us to sit together? And he's like, yeah, can you do that for me? <laughs> and like, I almost laughed in his face, but I'm telling myself like, Danny, like, please don't let your crazy emotions take over right now because you know people in the wrestling business, you know, like you got these tickets, like it was a gift, like don't be, don't react how you would normally react to this. Okay, don't do it. Please don't do it. So I, like, I, and at that point, all my emotions, like, I just want to laugh in this guy's face and tell him to go fuck himself and then enjoy the rest of the show. I, I stop walking. I go, yeah, you know what? We'll do it. We'll do it. I said, we'll do it. So I get to the, I walk back into the seat. My buddy's like, what are we, what are you doing? I go, we're going to go. I, I, I think I said, we're going to go over there. And then we start walking up the steps. And the guy yells at me, he's like, do you know where you're going? <laughs> he goes, you know where you're going? I look down at him, right? I look back up my buddy. I go, you know what? Let's go get something to eat. And I look back to him. I said, yeah, I know where we're going. We walked up those steps. We walked out that fucking door so fast down the street to Blaze Pizza. We were out of the building at Aganis Arena. We were in there by eight. We were out of there by nine. And... By the way, Blaze Pizza, another place I won't be going back to. <laughs> um, but that's for another time. Uh, just what I thought was just going to be a great night of free tickets at an event that opened my eyes to a wrestling show and a wrestling company that I had been completely wrong about turned into an awful night with a company now where I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are to have people who work at that company trying to tell a random fan to go run around the building all night. Nobody ever told me I was a seat filler. I don't work for you. If you guys want to hire me, you know, you guys looking for any type of post-game show, post-match show, what do you want? I've made it very well-known in the wrestling industry that I'm, I, you know, I, I would like to at some point be involved in some type of um, content creation in the wrestling world. But you didn't hire me. I don't work for you. You never even introduced yourself to me. And you know what? Considering all these factors, I actually got up during a Chris Jericho promo and I walked across the other side of the building for you. I don't know who the fuck you are, but I did it for you because I'm grateful for the ticket. But while I'm grateful... I was also there as a fan and I don't work for all elite wrestling. So if you could please just let me enjoy the show and get away from me the rest of the night. But that didn't happen. And so this dude ruined my night. And I don't think my buddy is ever going to watch all elite wrestling again. <laughs> I might watch. Um, I can tell you what I won't do. I won't be taking a free ticket from them anymore. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I was grateful for the ticket. Nobody's more grateful and excited for free shit than me. Nobody wanted to leave that building that night after the first half hour and go, wow, I was wrong on AEW. I'm going to give them a positive review. What a great night. Nobody wanted to do that more than me at about 8.45 until Johnny Jerkoff walked over to us and had me running around the building. For what? What do I owe you? 
Oh, you got me a ticket? Thanks, buddy. I could have got it. I could have got in this building. And on, I could have got in this building anyway. And I know he knows nothing about me. And I'm not trying to sit here and and promote how I've snuck into buildings many times. But I've, if you've listened to me over the years, you know, I've snuck into some of the biggest events in this town. Right, 2004, Game One of the World Series. Try to try to get in there. Try to get in the building that night. You know who got in that building that night? <laughs> For the goose egg? Sneaking in? This guy. I take a lot of pride in that. That was that's the toughest seat to get in a long time in this town. In a long time. 2004 World Series Game 1 against St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Snuck in. I And I don't even need to sneak in. I could have gotten the building this that night, buddy. I don't need your ticket. But I took it. It was offered to me. I said, why not? It's free. If I knew that you were going to run me around the building, I would have never taken that ticket. I don't work for you. Any ruin my night. That was my night. I hope that story did it justice to what I teased it on social media. But the moral of the story is, I had every intention after the first half hour of coming in here and giving AEW rave reviews. But I can't do that anymore because I didn't even stay for the whole fucking show. Because I wasn't going to sit there all night next to people I didn't know. He, this guy wanted me to go to his... This guy wanted... And forget about me. Like, I could I could have sat next to someone I didn't know. But my buddy, who's never been to a wrestling event in his life, was excited to be there. Right? He thought he was just coming to watch a show. I'm going to make him go sit with other people? Like, think about this, dude. Think about this. That's some type of power trip. I, I can't explain. But um, anyways, I had all intentions of giving a rave, review, a rave review. But I don't know. Would that happen at WWE? Would they run you around like that? Eh. I don't know. Tough look for AEW, though. I can tell you that. Get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. You can watch me make picks picks on YouTube, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Smash that subscribe button. Also, check out my newly designed website. I, I, I reconstructed it from scratch. And it gives you easy access to all of my podcasts, columns, videos, you name it. Live streams, they're all there. DannyPicard.com. Make sure you go check that out. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Enjoy week six of the NFL. I will be back next week to break it all down. Talk to you then. <laughs>